Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to episode three of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast with the normal squad. I'm Tim. I've got JB. Hello, Tim. Hello, Egg Chasers. We have got Blake. Hello. No, hello, Egg Chasers. Well, it, I, 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 like that. I, I like that as a it, format. It's fresh as week and it's getting quite late, so I'm trying to move things along, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Phil. Hi, Tim. And hello, Egg Chasers. Right, State of the Union then. What's been going on? <laughs> Uh, well, more developments, although it's going to rumble and rumble. English and French clubs have put forward a new Rugby Champions Cup. Uh, right, I've tried to summarise this, um, and correct me if I've got any of this wrong. So, the English and French clubs have got together. They've registered a domain name for the rugbychampionscup.com. They claim it's going to be merit-based qualification for European competition, even distribution of money and more money. Irish teams have said they're not going to accept the new competition and even the French Rugby Federation have said they're going to veto the deal. There's one little grey area in terms of dollar and that is that English teams have signed up for a TV deal with BT Sport despite already being contracted with Sky Sports. So that could get a little bit messy. What's going on? Where do we think this one's going to end? It's, it's just a mess at the moment, isn't it? It sounds like... It comes to something when uh, Progress is reg- registering a domain name. I, I, can't, I can't believe you kicked <laughs> off which they registered the domain name. What else have they done? Uh, they, Twitter account? They've picked a name for the competition. That's a good big... point. We could make a bit of money, genuinely. You could make a bit of money. If, yeah, if, if you get twitter.com <laughs> slash rugby champions cup, I'm going to try it now, see if it is actually on account. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the Facebook. <laughs> Please. If the rugby gods are smiling, we could be <laughs> Rugby Champions Cup t- Twitter. There is a good chance this tournament will never make it, so... <laughs> yeah. That page does not exist! Seriously, <laughs> right? I'm, 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 I don't Register. Know, should we just agree a profit share on this? <laughs> we could start just doing spoof tweets. <laughs> can our little icon just, just be a sack of money? <laughs> and then can we also do real Rugby Champions Cup? What are you going for, Rugby Champions Cup? Bollocks. Uh, that was such a good idea. So close. Oh. Uh. Somebody has got at Rugby Champ Cup, which is the closest, which uh. I just tried to get. And uh, they've tweeted, Greetings from the new Rugby Champions Cup. Their location is certainly not Dublin. Uh, wow. <laughs> and they say, um, We were thinking of using the national jerseys of each Six Nations side after dousing them in petrol. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're kind of on the same vein that we were on. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, that went a bit flat after all that. Uh, but, um, so what do we make of it anyway? Let's get back on track. <sighs> Don't really care, now. Yeah, I know. Phil, you've got strong views on these things. Not anymore. I'll jump in and say that I think in, in rugby terms, I'm a bit of a socialist. That I kind of don't think the biggest fish should eat the most food. I think the smaller fish, and in this case, that's the, the Italian teams and then the smaller nations, I think the smaller fish should be brought up to weight for the mm. benefit of rugby in general. A lot of, a lot of fishing-based analogies there, yeah, Tim. Do you like that? That's all right. Uh, I am kind of with you. However, I'm more of the NFL-style capitalist socialist, which uh, is that if you're going to have teams in a competition, they've all got to be of a certain standard and of a certain strength. I've got no time for this tiered nonsense. By which you mean, like, the Amling Cup? Yeah, and then, what a waste yeah. of time. Who watches Who watches the Amling Cup? Yeah. But it's development for the teams that I'm play not in interested it. at all. Um, well, no, you don't have to watch it, but it develops and brings funding to the teams that play in it. Otherwise, they're just going to starve and die. I think that the tier system can work in a way where you can't actually move between the tiers. So it, your workers having um, your lower tiers that are all just feeders exactly. to your higher tiers. Exactly. The Amling Cup now is almost something to do for those who aren't quite good enough to get into the knockout stages of the Heineken Cup. Complete waste of time. You want to make sure that they're properly revenue sharing and properly competitive. Uh, otherwise, the, the whole thing's a farce. And actually, um, it's OK for the French and the English to whinge about how the game in the Celtic Nations in Italy has been run because I think that's fundamentally what, what the argument is here. They're not happy that those teams get to rest their players and basically just concentrate on the Heineken Cup, whereas their players are beating each other up in the top 14 in the Premiership week in, week out. Um, and, and the funding is uh, and the disproportionate. Yeah, the funding's a bit odd too. If you're going to have it, you need them all benefiting equally. Yeah, which is what the new proposal suggests. All right then, so I th- it's going to rumble on, so I'm sure we'll talk about it at other times. Let's talk about a bit of actual action on the pitch. And, well, let's just talk about a North Walian, Jay. George, George North and that incredible uh, fleet of foot and bit of skill to set up what could and arguably should have been the winning try for Northampton in the game of the weekend in the Viva Premiership against Gloucester at King's Own. What a bit of skill. He, he was incredible. More importantly, Luther Burrell, second game in a row now, he's played really well. Now, I've seen him play at Leeds, I've seen him in the flesh play at Sale. Who gave him the licence to be good? Because he's never been good before. <laughs> he's always been good in one dimension, going forward very fast. But he's now worked on his all-round game. He's hand, hands, he's really hands good. I can believe it. He must be knocking on the door for international... Well, Saxons at least. I, I, I was very impressed. I think he did tour Argentina with the depleted elite squad. The other takeaway from that game is, has anyone noticed... Uh, we've already d- decided that Gloucester have got the worst kit in the Premiership. <laughs> did anyone notice Gloucester's awful, awful sponsor? It looks terrible on the shirts. Oh, MagnaClean. Oh, oh no. <laughs> wow. Mag- was- MagnaClean's their main shirt sponsor. That's terrible. I wasn't even thinking of MagnaClean. I was thinking of Obis. They've got Obis all over their who sleeves. Are, who are Obis? Uh, Obis oil? Oh, no, Obis oil. Obis oil. Obis oil. Obis oil. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, compared, compared to Northampton, who have a very manly Travis Perkins building supplies. Hey, George North, let's talk about yeah. that, that a bit. Unbelie- I mean, we saw it in the Lions, and then just... Is there anyone else that could, that could do that? I don't that? think there's ever been a big man with such good feet. I mean, they're all... Yeah, it's the change of direction yeah. as well. I mean, they're all con- contemporaries uh, at the moment who are probably as big, say, Banahan. But with nowhere near, nowhere near the skill and the step, maybe Israel yeah. Falau can and push the, him. The acceleration as well for for such a big bloke. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big slice. He's a big old slice. 
But uh, the, on the on the flip side, that wasn't the winning try no. uh, that he set up because I, I watched it and I don't like giving referees stick because I think you get what you deserve in terms of referees and if you slag them off, then less want to do it and then you get worse ones at the top level. But that was such a shame that it ended like that. Martin Fox, I'm going to name you Mr. Mr. Fox. He ballsed up on the timekeeping because there should have only been about six seconds on the clock. There were four or five Gloucester players in front of the kickoff, which he could quite clearly see and didn't blow up for. And then the scrum, the ball came out clearly at the back. Ben Morgan pulled this ball back in. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Uh, and then he gave a penalty for some something or other, which didn't look like it was a worthy of a penalty. And, uh, and Gloucester stole the victory. So here's a question for you then. Terrible displays of refereeing. It can be from your own career at whatever level, at whatever age. Oh, wow. I, I think I was playing with both Tim and JB the time we were playing uh, the arse end of nowhere and it wasn't a nice place and we live in industrial estate. Kirby, Kirby Lonsdale? No, that's, oh, that's, no. that's a Hoy lovely Lake. place. Hoy Lake. That's in Cumbria. Oh, and that's, Hoy Lake, Hoy Lake sounds like it should be nice, though. Yeah, and about 10 minutes into the, into the game, the ref was like, oh, I don't know if I can keep going. And then 15 minutes into the game, he, he abandoned the game. Yeah, yeah Hoy Lake, you expect rolling, you know, like rolling hills, uh, and you get there, and like, well, where's the lake? Uh, there's there, there nothing. It's like um, it's a big concrete industrial lake. Yeah, on the back of a milk, uh, was it a milk packing factory or whatever it is? Phil, you've played at some, uh, some good levels. Uh, I think I'm like you, Cocker. I, I try not to have a massive go at the referee. Um, I think it tends to even out. You occasionally get get a, a few more decisions that seem to go against you than the other team but I don't really I can't really are, p- pick one there's not a out. losing team in the land that doesn't go for a beer and goes that referee was great yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it's the same chat across yeah. every, every so club right. you're but so it, right you're so right accept some responsibility for your own team's actions and your own team's failings rather than Automatically looked spoken like I see that's a man yeah. that's that's earned money from playing rugby. That's, right. that's the professional. <laughs> that's, that's a guy who's been media trained, and that was amazing. <laughs> that's what, to be fair, Jim Malinder, well done. He came out and he did not mention the referee. He just said, "We've got to control what we can control, and we, you know, we didn't do some things well, and we've got to go away and make sure they're better." Yeah. That's exactly the response that uh, Heinrich Mayer, uh, the South African yeah. coach, had when the ref, like Roman Poard, gave some pretty dodgy decisions against them, against New Zealand. I, I'd applaud that. Although I am going to moan about one from when I was under-17s, <laughs> under, under County, Berkshire County Cup final. Uh, it was Newbury, my team, against Windsor, playing at Windsor, and it was 8-all, and it finished a draw, uh, which meant that we had to share the trophy. And uh, the referee in the last minute gave a forward pass against us when one of our guys intercepted a pass from them. Wow. So they passed it. One of the Windsor players passed it. Our guy intercepted it through for a try and he said forward, forward pass. Scrum oh. Windsor. <laughs> oh, God, I was just spewing with rage. Windsor? That sounds like quite a posh team. Yeah, you play right on the pitch below oh, Win- Windsor Castle. Wow. Kind of like Hoylake. <laughs> <laughs> right then, that's uh, it's enough George North and referee and then let's move on. And let's cross codes for a minute. See, Blake's already getting well excited now. <laughs> and Sam Tompkins, the Wigan Warriors player, has been signed for a world record fee in rugby league by NRL side New Zealand Warriors uh, to play for the next season. So, Blake, I don't totally know, and I'm sure a lot of rugby union fans in the UK wouldn't know. What, what's union and what's league like down under? Um, I've just came back from playing all summer there, and 
to be honest, the standard wasn't that much higher for the league I was playing in. But the culture that surrounds it, it's just insane. I mean, you could, you know, they fill out a 90,000-seater 90, stadium for State of Origin, which is effectively like Lancashire versus Yorkshire. And if you could imagine <laughs> trying to fill out a 90,000-seater stadium for that. Yeah, everything, it's just so popular, league especially. But I think the biggest issue that Union has in Australia when trying to compete, they don't really have an Australian competition. They have Super 15s, and then they and then they immediately drop down to not a great standard. Cause sta- I mean, I, I got asked to go play there, so it's not it's not that great. <laughs> so comparatively, uh, New Zealand have got the ITM Cup once the Super Rugby season finishes, which is a, like if you ever watch the highlights, it's very good standard. And South Africa have got the Curry Cup. Yeah, Australia, like as Blake's saying, don't have comparable. Yeah, they competition. they have feeder clubs in local competitions, and that's it. So would would rugby league in Australia be like football is here? Well, that's that's a, yeah, I was going to make that point. I think whatever's called football in a country is the biggest sport in American in America. If you say football, obviously you mean. American football, and here, if you say football, you mean soccer. Do they, in Australia. Call, do they call cricket football in India? <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. I think I think that's no, no. They call kabaddi. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> but yeah, if if you if you say football in Australia, everyone immediately thinks that you mean league, especially if you're in um, near where I was, around Sydney or up on the central coast and parts of Queensland. He is officially the world's most expensive rugby league player. So here's a question for you then: Who is the most valuable? rugby union player on planet earth if there was like a a bidding system like there is in the cricket in the IPL now this is interesting because i kind of prepared myself for most invaluable club player for their club yeah um but are we asking who's the most valuable player full stop well you can come up with whatever justification you want uh, what what are you getting out of that like there'd be a reason why dan carter might yeah, not, not be, be the most very, valuable. Yeah, because New Zealand are wrapping him in cotton wool and only exactly. letting him play a handful of games. So like, can, the, so like for instance, Canterbury, not not the Crusaders, but the Canterbury club who he plays for, they see him once every three years, something like that. Yeah, like in if, the fight, if, if he's coming back from injury at exactly the right time, where it coincides yeah. with one of their easier games. Exactly. Well, see, I, see, I I'm braced for ridicule, but like I'd say someone extremely valuable. Are you going to say someone Welsh? No, I'm not. No. I'm going to say someone English, and I think he's ex- extremely valuable for whichever club he plays for, and he's showing it again. After two close losses, I think London Wasps are a lot better team for having Andy Good there. And I know, I know everyone, everyone's going to laugh. Everyone's going to laugh. But every team he goes to, he makes a huge impact. I'll just make one point. And he plays every game. They've lost three and three in the league since, yeah, since but, he's been there. But <laughs> I hope, A, you're going to edit this out, and I hope, B, you can recognise that Wasps have come very, very close to both Harlequins. Um, who, who was the one last week? Sale, they almost beat Sale. Yeah, who who, who, who who went and beat Gloucester and also beat... And lost to Newcastle. He's got an awful team, and I think he's actually made a big difference. Mm. Ridiculously, and he's not the most valuable player in world rugby, Andy Good, ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay, I misunderstood. Okay, Rid- ridiculously, <laughs> Andy Good has actually made it onto my paper when I was debating. Wow, debating this um, simply because I was trying to split it down by first of all saying, if we are looking at club players, it can't be anyone who plays internationally yeah. because they're missing for that half, half the year. They miss what, 10, 12 games a season, uh, and so then I was looking from a backs perspective at who scores the most points. If you're looking at the English league, the flyer halves that scored the most points most consistently over the last few years are the likes of Andy Goode, Charlie Hodgson mm. and Nick Evans, who 
for the points they score for their clubs, particularly in, in important matches, there's definitely an argument that could be made. I'd pr- I would probably have the other two ahead of Andy yeah, Dewey. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, Nick Evans would be extremely valuable. Yeah, Nick Evans is yeah. probably... Yeah, that's, that's, that's the name down on my list. Like, yeah. I went, like, Will Genya because of the crucial position, obviously. But then, like you say, if you were a team or a franchise shelling out, you'd, you'd lose him for half the year. But George North, exactly the same. I went, you know, we saw at the weekend just how much of a game-changer he can be. I, I wrote down exactly that, Nick Evans, because I thought, it, pound for pound, is there a better player playing in a top league who isn't an international. Uh, isn't, a current, isn't a current international. Because well, there's a couple yeah. in the French league. Um, well, Luke McAllister, uh, potentially. Oh, yeah. Brock, I was going to say Brock James. Brock James. That's, that's a great example mm. of it. Uh, Wilkinson. If you think how much Johnny Wilkinson is worth his, just as a name bra- yeah, and his, his brand, brand. Uh, the shirt sales will go through the roof for any, any team that would buy Johnny Wilkinson. What a um, depressing way to judge a player, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're yeah, absolutely right, but that, that's the Henson. That's what arguably yeah. one of the reasons why. So Henson's are, we, got... are we agreeing after my initial ridicule that Andy Good is the third most valuable player well, in the Premiership? <laughs> <laughs> because if so, I could live with that. Uh, there's probably a few more up there. Going back to France, though. Um, so Wilkinson is the highest-paid player in the league. Um, Six hundred seventy-two thousand euros a year. He's on. Uh, slightly more than Johnny Sexton. Um, but the top performing, if you look at the stats, certainly of last year, um, was someone who featured on the website. What's the website again, Cocker? Uh, oh, oh com. Well done, Phil. Um, Rory Cocker, the top oh. top point scorer last year in the in the top 14, and he was also the joint fifth highest try scorer from Scrum Half. Wow, good stats. Hold on a minute, that deserves a knowledge <laughs> bomb. <laughs> that definitely deserves a knowledge bomb. Are you dropping this from 40,000 feet? <laughs> <laughs> knowledge! Um, knowledge. Yeah, he's a, he's a young South African kid who qualifies to play for France next ah, year. Watch yes. out for this well, guy. Well, this leads me nicely on to my conspiracy theory, right? Which is, <laughs> how can a country which is effectively Anglesey, but on the other side of the world, New Zealand, and its second sport by some distance is league, afford the most expensive league player in the world. Personally, I think it's all about the name and and the brand of Sam Tompkins. He's the most recognised British rugby league player. That is going to bring a lot of revenue to to the New Zealand team. They're they're trying to... Build a brand, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, So we're saying that Sam Tompkins' deal is basically the same as the Gareth Bale deal? Yeah. Slash the Johnny Wilkinson deal. That's a good yeah. deal. He's a great player. No, that's what I mean. Well, so Sam Tompkins. Yeah. There's a marketing element to it, which is a depressing way to finish But uh, on that bit, but there we go. Uh, right then, let's uh, let's move on for a second and just quickly touch upon the Pro 12, where there were rare wins. This is incredible. This is incredible. Go on then, Jay, our resident Pro 12 expert. Yeah, well... When I heard this news, I immediately phoned my family um, and told them to um, to build a bunker because I, I thought <laughs> the end of the world was nigh. Zebra, Benetton and Dragons all won on the same weekend. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. After the, Imagine having them on like an accumulator. Oh, you get good odds on that. You'd be going home on a yacht. After all the stick I gave Zebra last week as well. <laughs> yeah, can, we just, can we just clarify? What, what is it? Zebra? 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 Who cares? Zebra? Zebra, Zebra. We used to just be able to say that winless team in the Pro 12, but yeah. not anymore. Mm-hmm. Benetton beat Munster. Ze- zebra, Zebra beat Cardiff in Cardiff, and Dragons beat Scarlets. Interestingly, rugby union's not the only sport where there's been some incredible anomalies. Two from the world of football this weekend. 
John Obi Mikel scored his first goal in oh, two, yes. 256 uh, that right? appearances. Wow. And... Uh, one of your favourite players, Cocker, Balotelli missed his first professional penalty. Oh, he penalty. did. Ah. Then scored, then got sent off. <laughs> so, <laughs> normal, normal service resumed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we don't have to ever talk about the Rabo Direct 14 or whatever it's called ever again, though. So, that's that. Can we not do a regular section? Another anom- anomaly is, hold on a minute. We'll we talk the, about it again. We need to use it one more time. The, the Rabo Direct Pro 12 teams actually fielded a few internationals. What? Probably most shockingly of all that. Yeah, uh, in the Cardiff team that Zebra beat, Lee Halfpenny and Alex Cuthbert were both starting in the back three. Just unheard of. Incredible stuff. Wow. I was looking at George North. That sounds a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, George North, from the last three years, he's played... 44, I think 44 yeah, games for Scarlets, but 34 international games. So he's played in three years, he's played almost as many internationals as he has for his wow. uh, divisional or regional team. Look because how good he is as a result. I wonder how, um, yeah, exactly. He's so, I, so fresh. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder how um, how he's going to cope with actually having to play every week. I know. Like, no, no rest games at North, not when they're paying £300,000 yeah, like, a week, he, uh, year. He's used to waking up at like 11 o'clock on a Saturday and going to watch the game from the Celtic Manor Spa, and now he's going to have to go and... <laughs> you know. pre, pre-match meal, guest, <laughs> guest appearance with all the sponsors, shake a few hands. Yeah, uh, but no, now he's going to have to actually have to play in Worcester on a Friday night or something in the rain in the rain (laughs) pray for George (laughs) right then it's time for the dream team this is so called because at some point one of us wakes up from having a little bit of a nap and we decide on an incredible topic for which to select a 15 and today's is actually inspired by James O'Connor. I don't know if you saw the story about James O'Connor getting dropped from the Australian rugby. That's all a bit, but why don't you remind us? Well, basically, he was uh, he rocked up at Perth Airport after the game, and he turned up half cut and got removed from the airport by Australian police. Basically, he's got to- he's been told to do one because his attitude's not right. Right, mm. um, and and he looks a bit like Justin Bieber as well as acting like a some sort of pop star falling out of Mahiki nightclub. So I sort of thought, how about with James O'Connor, the first name on the team sheet, a boy band 15? Just one thing on James O'Connor before we continue. (laughs) Wasn't James O'Connor meant to be the character reference for... Curtly Beale because they were both out at like four in the morning um, but but because he was with James O'Connor who's a stand-up guy so like, oh well you know they're not yeah, doing anything we can't yeah. have had any bees yeah exactly they were just out you know getting kebabs or something you know well I say kebabs chicken kebab and salad I guess I'm quite surprised that that news came out and I'm quite surprised how harshly he was dealt with anyway enough of that are you really I mean if you if you looked at the wonderful article uh, on eggchasers.com you'd see that he's got a bit of a history I did read eggchasers.com and I, I did see, see the history. Was what was that website again? Uh, eggchasers.com. It's very good. Yeah. It's really very good. Uh, but he was released by Melbourne Rebels despite being an Australian international. He was miss- he went missing on a couple of occasions during the Lions tour. <laughs> during the test, During right? the Lions test. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> during the actual in the test. Ma- in the matches, yeah. in, the, in the third test, he was definitely missing for half of that. <laughs> and he got suspended during the World Cup. So he's got some form on this one. But who would we select in our boy band 15 then? Let's start up front. Mm. Front row. Come on, then. I can see Phil's desperate to uh, chip in one. Loose head prop. Stupid hair. Lots of stupid hair. Oh, oh, oh. Joe Marler. Yeah, Joe Marler. I've got Joe Marler. Mm. Frequently. He's had head work shaved into the back of his yeah, head. He's had good. orange Mohican and all that. Dimitri Zwarzewski. Zwarzewski. Oh, I've got like him as my hooker. Looks like he could be... Uh, 
It's like it, w- either, it either would Charles be Richard Hibbard if Richard he lost Hibbard. a few pounds, but Swarzewski <laughs> is in Richard top Hibbard shape. Richard Hibbard looks yeah. like Solzeski, uh after he let himself go after a few years. <laughs> like Solzeski coming out of rehab is, is Richard Hibbard. <laughs> so yeah, definitely Swarzewski gets the gets the nod on that one. Um, another another hooker, gone. Who's massively into clubbing is Andrew Hoare. What? Clubbing baby seals, that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. got, uh, in 2005, he got prosecuted for slaughtering babies. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice. The animal rights 15, I think, could be a, <laughs> at a later date. That's what, exceptional. What about Matt Stevens? He loves a bit of singing. Yeah. He was doing it on uh, that, that BT Rugby Tonight programme. Couldn't wait and to get up and sing. he has led the pop star lifestyle, so, yeah. yeah. Well, often, often in the toilets, practising his lines. Exactly. <laughs> and he was on, uh, I think 2006, he was on X Factor, Celebrity X Factor. In fact, got a little bit of a snippet. This is Matt Stevens having a little sing-song. I could stay away just to hear you breathing Watch you smile while you are sleeping. And it'd be easy because you know how when you don't know the names, but there's a boy band, you could just go, oh, it's the one with a massive head. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, there's also the ba- uh, boy band stereotype of the bad boy as well. Don't forget them. Oh, we, we won't. Okay, sure. just saying. <laughs> um, any, any more front row won't. contenders before we move on? Yeah, another another prop, another England international prop. Ooh, Corby Sierra. Who's done some rapping in his time, I think, on a, on a few occasions. Uh, yeah. Regrettably for him, I'm sure. <laughs> Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrub it straight, Thomas right. I don't deny it. Test me, try <laughs> it. Stop laughing, you don't fly it. I'm going to grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up, high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you uh. before we represent L.I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick, I tell it. you can't buy this. Wow. Ugh. God, it's painful, isn't it? Corbiziero so knocks Joe Marler out of the front row at Loose Head Prop. Um, and apparently he does more rapping on the Lions DVD, which is going to be coming out. I don't know if that's going to increase or decrease sales, but Ugh. we'll see. So we go, we're going, uh, going Corbiziero, Matt Stevens, and Dimitri Swarzewski as our front row. That's a pretty solid start. Yeah. yeah. Um, Locks. There was an interview with Bakis Botha when he described himself as as the, as a hard man and the rock star as Matfield. Now, I'm not saying Matfield is a typical boy band, but as South Africans go, he's fairly he's fairly boy bandish. He's quite groomed, isn't he? He is quite groomed for South African forwards. I I reckon there's one close to home. I think just think Courtney Laws. Oh could, yeah, could be he's, he's agile. I can imagine him busting some moves, you know, doing a little robot. And he's got the tattoos as well. So uh, anyone uh, yeah. stro- struggling for second rows? I, I'm, I really struggle I was thinking for second of rows. O'Callaghan. I think he's oh. got, back in the day he had that look. Oh. Only if the boy band song is Wild Rover or something like that. Everyone's, yeah. got, everyone's got to have an ugly member in the boy band. <laughs> well, he could be like Anthony Costa, just room filler. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're talking about just having an Anthony Costa flat nose, then Jack, Jack Berger <laughs> could make it appear. <laughs> Jack Berger rapidly becoming my favourite player maybe in the world. Wow. Can, We're struggling with locks. Can, can you imagine yeah. a more awkward boy band member than Luke Charteris? Oh, Just like next to a load of five foot ten <laughs> good looking guys and the seven foot Luke Charteris gangling about. Back row or, or, or any more well, second row? Yeah, rows? maybe we could do with a hand. Um, yeah, we could do the that. Second row. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put the 15 that we managed to come up with at eggchasers.com and on the at rugby podcast, our Twitter account. But Ed, please help. Please help. Um, back row. 
I'm going to jump straight in with uh, Sergio Parisi. No, that would that, be mine. Model girlfriend. Yeah, was, was she Miss Europe or yeah. Miss France? Is yeah. Miss girlfriend? Pretty good, that, isn't it? I don't know if he's still playing, but just for his name, Remy Martin. I can't picture him. Did he have a long, 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 like long, long blonde, blonde hair? hair. And it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty gangster name. It's yeah, a, it's listen, a good to me, name. listen to me saying gangster. <laughs> so dumb with kids, aren't I? What about James Haskell for the point of view that he's always getting his kit off? Yeah, yeah. and he loves those T-shirts with the huge... Do you know the V's that's come down to just, a, just above your, your belly button? Yeah. J- just like Blake wears. Yeah. <laughs> Be wearing one tonight. <laughs> nice. I thought... I know you're probably going to disagree, but Chabal... Which band is this? Oh, no. <laughs> this? This would be the death metal. 15. Well, no, you see, every every every. I think a boy band has to have like a token like rocker, and I reckon Chabal would make a great token rocker. Uh, Chabal would make a great boy band minder. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm but it has inspired me for like a like a hard rock fifteen. <laughs> Chabal would be potential captain. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we got well, okay. Well, Parise, Haskell, and Remy Martin. I've got a picture of him. Streaky blonde hair. There he is. Look at that. Yeah. Is, is he in? Is that a good yeah, show? He goes, he goes, he goes in. Scrum half then. Oh, where do you... Danny Kerr. Danny Kerr. Mike Phillips. Mike Phillips. Oh, Mike Phillips. Got Mike Phillips. There. No, definitely not Danny Kerr. Definitely Mike Phillips. <laughs> Either of them. Either. No, Mike Phillips is. It's... Mike Phillips was the. Read a couple of interviews when the Lions was on. And Mike Phillips would take the... Danny Kerr's girlfriend with no problems whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. He would just walk in there. You. <laughs> One of the standard questions to the Lions players was. Who spends longest in front of the mirror? Or who's the the motivating? And it was just every single time was Mike Phillips, Mike Phillips, Mike Phillips. Yeah, rightly so. He's in there now, man. This is where it hots up. Fly half centres. Oh my word! How many names? <laughs> how long have we got? I think I've, I think I've got I think I've got the best looking man in the Premiership on mine at the moment. Oh wow! I'm not sure how I say his name. The Worcester fly half. Ignacio Mires. Mires. Yes. Yeah. Good-looking fella, uh, Enrique Iglesias type, yeah. type chap, but can launch a ball. Yeah, he's got some ser- a serious pass. It doesn't it doesn't go where he wants it? But are we seriously <laughs> mentioning Mirez before we mention Cipriani or Henson or Quade Cooper? <sighs> yeah, it's so look, many. <laughs> if I was making, if Simon Cowell was making a boy band today, I think they've gone away from like having like the bad boy and you know all the things yeah. said before. So like the more. You know, Justin Bieber or One Direction, they're all just good, you know, good, good looking guys, bit PC. I, I think Danny Cipriani's look, it's not even boy band, it's boy band from the mid 2000s. It yeah, is a dated old, boy like, band look, it, it, even worse than being in, in a boy band. He'd fit well into O Town or somewhere like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd see him popping up on that ITV show, got, the the one where they bring them all back. What's that called? I forget. He'd look, yeah, like the some, reunion. Oh, yeah. God. He the was reunion. actually on a, t- a talent show. Danny yes, Cipriani he was on a talent show. Um, and he got, My Sweet 16 UK. Yeah, and he, he got wow. rejected. Yeah. He got his top off. Um, and he's too small. Yeah. The oh, girl wanted some hunky men. We're going to have uh, to put it on the website. To dance topless or something like that. And he, he was on there and got rejected. Uh, yeah, he was one of the series of teenage wannabe models who stripped off to strut their stuff on the British version of the hit television show My Super Sweet 16 but despite revealing an enviable set a set of pectoral muscles and a perfectly <laughs> decent broad chest the 20 year old was told his services were not required he was required. 20 yeah no he must be 20 at that time he was too like 20 he was stuff. too slim yeah uh, Danny Cipriani was, was embarrassingly rejected I think if we were doing a 2005 boy band he's in but yeah modern days um, Gavin Henson yeah the same problem I reckon yeah, a bit old school for boy band I, one for the One Direction type, uh, when I was watching him yesterday, was George Ford. I think he's cl- yeah, like clean-cut, slim, 
image. Yep. Could, he, he could fit right into just a, a cardboard oh, cutout tree. This conversation's becoming so homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> Quade Cooper, Cipriani. Ollie Barkley? Ollie Barkley. Ollie Barkley is an interesting shout as well. My goodness me. Andy Good. Well, now we're talking. Uh, oh, <laughs> 10. Just an option. Um, Stuart Barnes. Neil Jenkins. <laughs> Neil Jenkins. <laughs> Neil Jenkins. Just an option. Wait, no, hold on. Halloween's coming up. We'll do a Halloween 15 in a few weeks. <laughs> right, we'll decide by the, the 15 by, to threaten your kids with. By the time we put a 15 on the website, eggchasers.com, we will have decided between the, the, the various 10s and 12s. Let, let's sort of get to the outside back well, then. In the centre, another one I had down. Um, Marnonu, known for his dreadlocks and Marnonu, also known for his lack of neck. Well, <laughs> pink, pink streaks and blue streaks in his dreadlocks. Yeah, that's he's, true. he's worn eyeliner in the past. Yes, he has to, to play in as well. Is mm. there more of a pin-up for a centre than Sonny Bill? Wait, this is getting really homoerotic, <laughs> isn't it, Blake? Not you, for my wall. What do you think, Blake? I hate Sonny Bill. <laughs> Can't stand the guy. But um, you've got a poster of him on your wall, right? I've got three. Matthew Bassero, not really. Oh, come on! Not really boy band, but he's kind of. He looks a little bit like a notori- notorious got- B.I.G. or um, <laughs> someone like that. Oh, he could be the rapping one. What have you got called? Yeah, because Christian rapping. Wade's rapping. Oh, oh, that's, yeah, moving out to the wings. Christian Wade, just that moment in the Lions with, it, with his test, hairbrush, <laughs> it's cool. when he had the comb oh, in his head when he was. Uh, I did. In his I was watching suit. that. I was thinking, thinking, is this what professional rugby's come to now? Is this what it means to win a Lions <laughs> test? Like comb my hair on TV. <laughs> I love that. I quite enjoyed it as well. Uh, on, on the other wing, you can, I've, I've got a couple here, right? Digby Ioani, yeah. that, that breakdancing celebration he did. Oh, yeah. He'd be the one that did the moves. Awesome. Or what about, a bit old school, he's on telly now, Austin Healy. Is there any rugby player that loves the limelight more than that? Austin fella? Healy is a bad Matt Dawson. Like their, their careers are basically par- parallel. So like he does dancing, Matt Dawson wins the dancing. He does Celebrity Master Chef, Matt Dawson wins Celebrity <laughs> Master Chef. He plays for England, Matt Dawson wins the World Cup. You know, <laughs> he, he got on the bench for a couple of Lions tests. Matt Dawson threw a dummy to score the yeah. to score the winning try. Austin Healy doesn't say it, but he hates Matt Dawson. Another winger. Retired. Tom Evans going out with Kelly Brook and now... was. Or or are they broken up? No, they broke up, then she got with Danny Cipriani, then he allegedly blah, 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 and then... uh, Allegedly what, Tim? Because I've not heard this. I don't know, I don't know. I thought she was going with Jason Jason Statham. That was years years ago. ago. I don't don't keep down with the There was Tom Evans after he retired. So, are you telling me she's quite into rugby players? (laughs) (laughs) Just asking. Loads and loads of wingers... Ioani Wade, Va- uh, Van Dell could uh, Van Dell do a similar job. Wow! Yep. Well, fullback. Ben, ben Foden is the one for oh, me. Oh, of course. He he's already got the celebrity tie-ins, or he pop did. Star, wa- yeah. Pop star, wife. Is it wife? wife? Yeah. Wife with a kid. Una, now? Una, Una Saturday. That's Una Saturday. Name, I, I guess that's the name. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tinker and, and whittle down a fifteen, which will be up online at eggchasers.com very soon, or at Rugby Podcast, and you can give us your thoughts and tell us whether you agree, disagree, or got any other suggestions that we've missed. A little bit for discussion now. We've got special guests, two special guests that are flankers as well. Current Sale Sharks captain Dan Braid, who's playing on the blind side, yeah, but yeah. is primarily an open side flanker, and Lewis Moody, Mad Dog Moody, both giving their thoughts on who is the best seven ever. Here, here's what they reckon. 
there's two that come to mind. Michael Jones, obviously, but Richie McCaw's right up there as well. You know, I've you know, competed with him uh, for that jersey for a long time, but he, you know, he is uh, an outstanding player and he's uh, still playing some very good rugby. But I think, um, you know, I grew up watching Michael Jones all through the 90s and, that, and he, um, I think Michael Jones is uh, his anticipation on both um, defensively to be able to get in and put a big shot in and also on attack with his running lines and just his, um, his explosive running game that he could bring in. You know, there have been some some epic sevens, I think, over the years, just some incredible individuals. But, you know, Richie McCaw, without doubt, I got to play against him many times. And, and just for his sheer consistency of form, I think you, you've got to say he is, without doubt, one of the best players in the world, let alone not just the seven. And I thoroughly enjoyed the, the tussles I had with him. I think as you look back at, at Peter Winterbottom and uh, and he was, you know, you speak to all the old boys and the Neil Backs and, uh, and the Dean Richards and, you know, they all had utmost respect for, for what he did. So it's difficult though because I got to play with Neil Back as well and he was also, you know, one of the, one of the world's best flankers at the time. I think him and Josh Cronfeld were just you know, leaps and strides ahead of ahead of everyone else, and, and it was interesting for me when they both came to Leicester. I, yeah. I had a real comparison, and Josh in particular taught me some uh, some great lessons about playing the game and the fact that actually there's no one way to be a seven. Former England captain Lewis Moody, former All Black and current Sale Sharks captain Dan Braid. There, there's been some brilliant sevens down the years, hasn't there? Some of them got mentioned right there. But uh, lads, where do you where do you see this best seven ever then? I was with Michael Jones on that one. I mean, what was he voted third best Kiwi ever to play? Who were so, the first two? I can't remember. Sean Fitzpatrick. Mm, no. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, dro- you shouldn't drop yeah. a bit of knowledge without the full yeah. knowledge. Half a knowledge. You could have got a knowledge bomb then. Oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think after Nathan Budget, uh, the, the, the best <laughs> seven to play the game uh, is probably... What <laughs> <laughs> um, a brilliant name to drop in. <laughs> we should have a sound and we should bring up Nathan Budget organically ev- every podcast. <laughs> when there is the actual budget... <laughs> we should just have loads of Nathan I Budget facts. Rupert Moon, but yeah. we should just have you reading loads of Nathan Budget <laughs> history. Uh, you uh, played in international Welsh rugby and volleyball, so there you go. Wow. Anyway, um, so other than him, uh, for me it was Neil Back, or best seven. Although he played six back to my original one, Richard Hill was an except, exceptional seven. But I actually think it was Neil Back. I once got chatting to Neil Back on a night out in Leeds. Um, name dropper. We should have a little name drop noise. Oh, though, sorry, like a clang. Yeah, I'll, I'll get one. Hold on a second. There you go. A little na- <laughs> name drop clang there. Go on, um, carry on. So yeah, on a, a booze in Leeds a few years ago now, uh, when he was coaching in Leeds, um, and I was at the Christmas markets in like a big German market hall tent, and there's a queue outside, and two of my friends were in the queue, so I went outside to see if I could like sneak them in, and I spotted this guy just at the, at the front trying to uh, get in. I was like. Excuse me, mate, is your name Neil? I was pretty drunk at the time. <laughs> and he was like, yes. I was like, oh, my God, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Big fan of rugby, like, incredible World Cup winner and all that. And I was like, oh, what I'll Because he was trying to get in. So I was like, oh, what I'll do, I'll go and find the, the biggest bouncer, the one who looks like he plays rugby, and say, we've got a World Cup winner outside, um, and I'll, I'll get you to get him in. So I went off inside. My two mates who were queuing up watching all of this watch Neil back for the next 10 minutes because I'd gone inside, bumped into a mate and 
instantly forgot that I was had spoken to Neil back. <laughs> so they watched him for ten minutes standing waiting for for me and a bouncer to return and allow him in. in. How could you look at that face which has been mashed <laughs> so much Neil? and then not be just petrified to do anything other than exactly what you just promised? <laughs> I'm Max. Get ready for, get ready with the clang. Dean Richards at Cheltenham. Uh, I said hello. He kind of acknowledged me a little bit, asked for a photo, and he told me in very stern terms, no. He, he might have even swore, swore at me and then walked off. Wow. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was quite shocking, actually. But I didn't promise to get him a bouncer, so... We haven't mentioned George <laughs> Smith. Surely he's got yeah. to be worth a mention. Oh, he's on my list. Yeah, George Smith came back to Brumbies on a six-month contract um, after three years away, three years playing in uh, France and Japan, and won... Players player of the season in his on his six month contract for the tenth time for the Brumbies. Record that. That's great knowledge that. I hear the George. Well, Smith well, let's just respect the knowledge. Yes. There we go. Knowledge bomb. Good knowledge bomb. So, <laughs> he's he's a brilliant, um, brilliant, brilliant seven. Yeah. Do you see uh, George Smith in as like being the the pioneer of the modern ball snuff, the snuffing jackal, seven? The jackal, the jackal yeah. breakdown. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But also with. Good hands, quick about the park. I always think that Neil Back was the original get it to the breakdown, every breakdown first, and make a nuisance of yourself. And I kind of think that Smith took it to that next level. Well, all the players that we've mentioned, I think, have sort of changed the game. Michael Jones changed what it meant to be like a, a modern day seven because he was so fit. He was he was just around the park and had ha- unbelievable hands and gas and all the rest of it. George Smith, like you mentioned, amazing at the breakdown. Neil Back changed the mould because he actually he went, no, you don't have to be massive. Yeah. You can be mobile and a little nuggety hard man. I... And then Richie McCaw, this is why I've got to go with him. He's just yeah. got the, a bit of all of it. Yeah. yeah. One, one last thing on, on, Neil, on Neil Back, you might like this. He was one of the few players to coach England before he played for them. He did strength and conditioning work before he played, play, really? played for England. Yeah. Knowledge bomb. Come on, Jay. Can we get a shorter knowledge bomb? Yeah. Yeah. One well, which doesn't point. drop from 200,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. One of my favourite sevens playing at the moment, just to give some recognition to the, the smaller nations, the tier two nations. Jack Berger. Jack Berger would be up there, but I was going to say Mamuka Gorgodza. I don't know. Sorry? Yeah, Mont- pick, Montpellier. Pick position for him. because Yeah, oh. he, he can play lock or any through the back row positions. What a ball carrier. What a specimen. Just He's incredible. Montpellier and... and uh, Georgia. But who would you go with then, uh, Blake? Uh, Michael Jones. Michael Jones. I could, I could go along with that. I could go with Richie McCaw. I think, f- for me, Richie McCaw, the best. A straight shot up between Smith and Back. Mm. Fair enough. Have your say. Tell us what you think. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter or eggchasers.com. Right, that was it. That was the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast for this week. Thank you very much for having a listen. Subscribe and we'll make sure the next one's delivered straight to you. Nice one. Nice one, Jay. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, Blake. Thanks. And thank you, Phil. Cheers, Coco. Oh, actually, do you know what? I nearly forgot. Um, we're going to be doing a little tiny podcast called Thank Ruckets Friday, uh, which is going to be released every Friday, uh, which is just a short little preview of the weekend's matches and a special rucked-up interview uh, this Friday with Leicester Tigers boss Richard Cockrell. So a Make sure you have a listen to that. And then that's in addition to the main podcast, like this one, that's going to be out every single Tuesday. Uh, and as a special treat, uh, we heard from him earlier, let's be sung out by Matt Stevens singing on Celebrity X Factor back in the day. It's at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and eggchasers.com is our website, isn't it, Matt? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.